the week of March 18th, I will be hosting a free five-day hyperthyroid healing diet challenge. This is the first time I'll be doing this challenge in over two years. And whether you have Graves' disease, toxic multinodular goiter, or a different hyperthyroid condition, this challenge can benefit you. To register for the free hyperthyroid healing diet challenge, visit hyperthyroidhealing.com. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer a question, are there natural alternatives to beta blockers? And for this episode, I am going to refer to an article I wrote in June of 2018. So I'm looking at my article from June 18, 2018. The title is Beta Blockers and Hyperthyroidism, Side Effects and Natural Alternatives. And of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes, which you can check out by visiting the website SaveMyThyroid.com. And so it just starts out by talking about beta blockers, how they're commonly prescribed to people with hyperthyroidism and Graves' disease. And I mean, if someone's listening to this and if you don't have hyperthyroidism, if you have Hashimoto's and you just coincidentally are taking a beta block for a different reason, then some of this will also apply to you. But I'm guessing most people who are listening to this will have hyperthyroidism just because it's common for my hyperthyroid patients to take beta blockers. Probably the majority don't take beta blockers or definitely the majority do not take beta blockers. But when comparing those with hyperthyroidism and those with Hashimoto's, it's definitely a lot more common in those with hyperthyroidism. And with the beta blockers, of course, the goal is to help with the cardiovascular symptoms associated with hyperthyroidism, although there are some beta blockers that can inhibit the conversion of T4 to T3, such as propranolol, which is why that's one of the beta blockers commonly given in those with hyperthyroidism. And it mentions that beta blockers work by binding to beta adrenoceptors, which are also known as beta adrenergic receptors, and that's how they got the name beta blockers. And the beta adrenergic receptors bind both epinephrine and norepinephrine, which play a role in myocardial metabolism, heart rate, as well as systolic and diastolic function. Mentions that most beta blockers reduce resting heart rate by approximately 25 to 30 beats per minute, although a lesser reduction is seen with certain beta blockers. And then as far as the beta blockers that can decrease the conversion of T4 to T3, I mentioned propranolol. There's also atenolol and metoprolol. Those are two other common beta blockers. Those are probably the three most common beta blockers. I would say propranolol, probably number one. And then I'm not sure which is more popular between atenolol and metoprolol, but those three would be the top three given to those with hyperthyroidism. And that's probably the big reason is because they not only will help with the heart rate and also if someone happens to have high blood pressure, potentially could help, but also will uh, help inhibit that conversion of T4 into T3. So even if someone's not taking antithyroid medications such as methimazole or PTU, and then take a beta blocker such as propranolol, atenolol, or metoprolol, it will help with that conversion. So you might actually see lower T3 levels on a thyroid panel, and T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone. And so I'm not going to discuss all the different beta blockers. Again, really the focus on this episode is more on the natural alternatives, even though I wanted to just give a brief rundown of the beta blockers and talk a little bit about them. But you can check out my article to learn more about the beta blockers. And well, I'll say this before moving on to natural alternatives, 
one thing I mentioned, why our beta block is recommended to hyperthyroid patients. And so the first scenario I listed, of course, is when someone has a very high resting heart rate and or high blood pressure. So that's the number one reason. But also if someone is unable to tolerate antithyroid medication. So that's the second scenario I presented. Now, there are people who take both antithyroid medication and beta blockers, but then there are people who react to methimazole and maybe they also react to PTU or maybe the doctor doesn't want to put them on PTU, just they figure, well, if you react to methimazole, you react to PTU. But anyway, they don't do well with antithyroid medication, so that's another reason as well. And then another scenario, if someone is planning on receiving radioactive iodine, then usually they'll be put on a beta blocker and told to discontinue antithyroid medication prior to receiving radioactive iodine. And also if someone has subacute thyroiditis, which is the fourth scenario, subacute thyroiditis, is not autoimmune and it's viral induced. And the key factor, it's transient. So it's transient hyperthyroidism, temporary hyperthyroidism. And same thing with Hashitoxicosis, a beta blocker might be prescribed instead of antithyroid medication. And I talk about some of the side effects. Actually, I should mention here, one of the most common side effects of beta blockers is that especially the propranolol and metoprolol can inhibit CoQ10-dependent enzymes. And CoQ10 has a lot of different functions, but one of the main ones is to support the health of the mitochondria. So if someone is taking a beta blocker, especially propranolol and metoprolol, they might want to consider also supplementing with CoQ10. So let's now discuss some of the natural alternatives to beta blockers. My favorite is motherwort. And when I dealt with Graves' disease, I took motherwort as I was experiencing palpitations. And I also took the herb bugleweed along with motherwort. And there are other ones that I really like, like L-carnitine. I just wasn't familiar with L-carnitine at the time. And same thing with lemon balm. I mean, it was all new to me. And so I took bugleweed and then that helped with the resting heart rate, but I was still experiencing palpitations. So I then added the motherwort, which really helped with the palpitations. And so I commonly refer to this as a natural beta blocker. And there are some sources that show that this herb has a blocking effect on those same beta adrenergic receptors. But not surprisingly, it's not as potent as a beta blocker, such as propranolol or atenolol or metoprolol. But it also has other functions. That's the great things about herbs is... It has antibacterial, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, analgesic properties. Again, this is according to the research. So that's not typically why I recommend motherwort. But if someone has an infection and they're, they're taking motherwort, again, I'm not going to recommend motherwort for the infection, but it might have some, or it does have antibacterial properties. So if it's a bacterial infection, it might help. It really depends. Like if someone has H. pylori and we're trying to do things for the H. pylori, the motherwort probably is not going to help with the H. pylori. And so it really depends on the purpose, or should say it depends on the bacterial infection. But I can't say I use it for that purpose. It's just interesting and fascinating when looking at some of the other benefits of herbs. But motherwort would be my number one choice. Now, as far as dosing, I can't give specific dosing instructions just because everybody's different. I will say that when I dealt with when I dealt with Graves disease, I took a one to two extract and I took five milliliters 
twice per day, which is one teaspoon twice per day. Uh, it, let's say if you take a one to four, a one to five extract, that's not going to be as potent as a one to two extract. So you might need to take more. But again, it depends on your symptoms as well. So first of all, you, not everybody has to take motherwort. Just because you have hyperthyroidism doesn't mean you have to take motherwort, assuming you're addressing things naturally. Obviously, if you're taking methimazole and a beta blocker and you want to stick with those, I'm not telling people to stop the medications and to switch to something like motherwort. But if you have no interest in taking a medication, then that's why you're listening to this. Or again, if you are thinking about switching, I definitely would work with a practitioner. So I, w- I wouldn't stop taking the medication on your own and switch this. But I really like motherwort. I've had a lot of patients with hyperthyroidism over the years take motherwort. Just remember, it doesn't have antithyroid properties. So you would either want to take something like bugleweed, or there are people who take methimazole or, or a different type of antithyroid medication, and maybe they're still symptomatic, and then the doctor wants to prescribe a beta blocker, but they don't want to take the beta blocker, so they take the antithyroid medication, and they take the motherwort. So I've had patients do that. A lot of patients, again, do that over the years. So that's an option to consider. As far as if you're taking it a beta blocker, I mean, I can't say I commonly recommend a beta blocker and motherwort at the same time. It's not uncommon for me to recommend, like if someone's taking methimazole and they want to take add bugleweed to that to kind of get to the point where they're not as dependent on the methimazole, that I'll do. But with the beta blocker and taking motherwort, you just would want to be careful I'm not as concerned about the heart rate getting lower, but as far as blood pressure, you don't want blood pressure to get too low. And that could happen just with the beta blocker alone. Honestly, motherwort's not going to have a strong effect when it comes to the blood pressure. Actually, hawthorn, which is the next herb I'm going to talk about when it comes to natural alternatives, when someone is having blood pressure, higher blood pressure, I'll usually recommend more hawthorn, whereas with motherwort, it's more for additional cardiovascular support. And, and again, in my case, I was experienced still some palpitations. But that's all I really wanted to talk about with regards to motherwort. Oh, getting back to the dosing. So like I said, the dosing, ideally you want to work with a practitioner. And if your symptoms aren't as severe, you could always start with, even if it's a lower potency, you could start with like half a teaspoon, 2.5 milliliters twice per day and see how it works. See, the thing is what an herb such as bugleweed, you might be able to tell that it works. I mean, I, I was able to tell that the bugleweed worked or L-carnitine, if you take that, you could tell if it's working by your symptoms, but you really don't know how it's affecting the thyroid hormones unless we do a blood test. With motherwort, you know by the symptoms. So if you're experiencing some palpitations and you start with a lower dose and it gets rid of the palpitations, then you probably don't need a higher dose. So that's all I'll say with regards to motherwort. Now, hawthorn is another wonderful herb that could help decrease the cardiac symptoms associated with hyperthyroidism. And it's not specific for hyperthyroidism, even motherwort, arguably not specific for hyperthyroidism, but you hear motherwort quite commonly associated with hyperthyroidism. But hawthorn, I would say not as much. Hawthorn, at least according to the research I've done, it doesn't seem to block the beta adrenergic receptors. So it doesn't have the same mechanism as beta blockers, but it does seem to have a greater effect on blood pressure than motherwort. And I will say it shouldn't lower blood pressure if you have normal blood pressure. So like if someone takes a beta blocker and they have normal blood pressure, it might make it low. 
or even if it's high, it might make it low if they're on a higher dose. So with Hawthorne, I've not seen it be a problem if someone doesn't have high blood pressure. So if someone doesn't want to take motherwort or if they can't tolerate motherwort or just can't get motherwort and they have easier access to Hawthorne or whatever reason, if they take Hawthorne instead of motherwort, but you're taking it not because your blood pressure is high, but just for the cardiac symptoms, cardiovascular support, I have not seen where it lowers the blood pressure, but of course you could always monitor that. So both of these are really, really great herbs. And I usually will go to motherwort first, but Hawthorne, again, is also a good option. And those are really the main two herbs as far as alternatives. I mean, if you read the article, I do mention bugleweed, but it's not the same. Again, that's an antithyroid herb, but I mentioned this as an alternative. So yeah, that's all I really want to talk about with the natural alternatives. And then I just get, give a warning in the article not to abruptly stop taking your beta blocker, which I already mentioned here. So if you decide to take motherwort or hawthorne, and if you're currently taking a beta blocker, then you might want to consult with the prescribing doctor. Now, everybody listening to this probably knows that if you mention motherwort or hawthorne to the prescribing doctor, assuming it's an endocrinologist or even a primary care doctor, they're probably not going to be too supportive of you taking motherwort or hawthorne. I just can't tell people to stop taking a medication. Now, if you're not taking a medication and if you want to add these, then again, in most cases, it should be fine. Just keep in mind, everybody's different. Most people tolerate the herbs well, but as is the case with any herb, anyone could have any type of negative reaction. It's rare, but just listen to your body. So that is my response to the question, are there natural alternatives to beta blockers? The obvious answer is yes. And my two favorites are motherwort and hawthorn. Motherwort, I more commonly recommend, but hawthorn is wonderful as well. And as usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable. And I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm super excited to announce the upcoming release of my third thyroid-related book and the second one I've written on hyperthyroidism. It will be called the Hyperthyroid Healing Diet, and it will be released on Monday, March 11th. Although there is a chapter that focuses on diet in my book, Natural Treatment Solutions for Hyperthyroidism and Graves' Disease, the Hyperthyroid Healing Diet will go into much greater detail, as it will be the most comprehensive book related to diet and hyperthyroidism. There will be a significant discount for those who purchase the book for the first week after its release, and those who purchase the book will also get access to the resources, which will include dozens of recipes, checklists, along with a few bonus chapters not included in the book. And those who join my book support team will receive some other cool perks. If you'd like to join my Hyperthyroid Healing Diet book support team, you can visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash book support.